What is going on, everyone? Welcome into the Decade Investor Podcast. My name is Colin, also known as the Decade Investor, and I'm here today with the Money Cruncher. He's a young guy like me who is building his own path to financial freedom. He is closing in on $200,000 of net worth at 24 years old, and he is doing that while being an immigrant to the United States. Now he shares what he has learned about money and his journey on social media. Money Cruncher, welcome into the Decade Investor Podcast. Thank you, Colin, for having me. Super excited to share my story and the whole journey. So I'd love to kick this off by just hearing your story. Why did you get started investing? What was the reasoning behind um, this whole investing thing? Why did you start? Yeah, I mean, um, really just started learning about it in in high school. Um, Actually, we had a personal finance class uh, that I know not a lot of high schools do um, in America. And so I, I really started understanding early on that people invest and that's one of the ways you really can make a lot of money uh, is through assets right Um, and uh, i realized that early on and i started actually watching some successful investors and watching youtube videos um, like warren buffett and they started at like 18 years old Uh, and uh, i realized that like you really have to invest your money otherwise like your money is just going to die to inflation uh, and so that's uh, really the primary reason is to just build wealth and uh, have ability to make money during your sleep, uh, right? Having something sustainable, uh, because as we all know, nine to five, right? There is a set limit you can make. And then, you know, with business that scales, um, but ultimately you don't want to be working 24 seven and investing is the reason, you know, how we can all avoid that. So that's primary reason why. Was there things, you know, being um, an immigrant, was it, do you think it was tougher for you to understand these things? Like, what was that process? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, So I immigrated from like one of the poorest countries in Europe uh, and the whole financial system is is completely different. Uh, It's all, you know, corrupt and inflation is high and, you know, like the credit cards were just starting to be a thing. Um, And uh, and, you know, they, they don't have any financial system developed. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as, you know, 30 years loan, 15 years old, and like the, the max loan for a home is like five years, right? So like I had to, and I, I wasn't, I, I immigrated when I was 15. I really didn't know any of those things. And so I really had to, uh, you know, start learning. Um, and for me, since a young kid, I always had like a passion for for money. I would always be like saving money. And every time for birthday, I got a little bit of money, like I would always be saving it. And so I, I really wanted to like learn more and I really realized early on, I wanted to like pursue accounting. Um, so always wanted to do something related to like finance and accounting and just money overall. So um, I was taking, as I mentioned, you know, immigrated here at 15. Um, and uh, so that's junior year of high school. I uh, started taking, you know, personal finance class. And then next year I started taking accounting class in high school. And, and so I really started like digging into these topics. I uh, liked reading. And so I started really reading about those things. And then obviously, um, you know, with accounting, I started taking, you know, corporate finance classes. They're taking some other classes and personal finance too um, as an elective. And I just really wanted to learn about uh, personal finance and, and just money. And so being an immigrant, right, like you had to really rethink how how it all works and just learn it on your own. But um, I still had, um, and I think the big advantage of being an immigrant is that you really want to succeed, right? Um, or at least where I come from, right? Like my parents sacrificed a lot of things to come here with nothing. 
And so one of the things is like, okay, well, I really need to figure out this money thing uh, because like, um, you know, I really need to figure out investing and, and everything because if I don't, you know, there's, you know, like, even though you can have a, a good life and stuff like that, you you still wouldn't be able to, um, you know, accomplish the things that, that I want to and, and take care of, you know, my parents and stuff like that during their retirement. So it's really, I think it is an advantage because you come to a country, you don't know anything, you're, you're being kind of looked down upon because you're barely speaking English. But uh, I think that can uh, really like, put a fire in you and, 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 and give you that internal motivation to like keep going. You had mentioned, you know, you've been kind of interested about money and, and finance, and that's why you went into uh, the career field that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that learning that at a younger age has helped you, you know, expedite that wealth building process? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just uh, l- really learned, um, the value of money like really early on right like so being an immigrant right like you already have that value of money like you don't want to be spending it on, on on stupid stuff because it's so scarce uh right but then as i started reading about like i mentioned warren buffett and stuff like that i really i've heard somewhere where he was like talking about like haircut and and how he's like saving money and because you know saving like 40 dollars on a haircut can be like 700 dollars in you know 30 years obviously i don't go to this like extreme, but it really like painted a picture in my in my head that like every dollar you spend isn't actually a dollar, right? Like it's significantly more. Uh, and um uh and and so I learned that early on, and I was like, okay, I really need to start looking into this because um I, I also realized that that I need time to be uh, as my advantage, right? Like the reason he's saying that is because, you know, you can have your money invested for an extra 20, 30 years. So I realized that at like basically 18 years old is when I opened my like Robinhood account. I, I started realizing, okay, like I need time uh, to be my greatest resource um, and I need to value money. And and that already, I was already valuing money because being, being an immigrant, right? So uh, it all started uh, compounding and, and now is like where I'm, seeing all the um you know big impacts and stuff like that of of that um is like you know reaching 150 in september and now almost at 200 in december just like almost three three and a half months later it's like everything is started to uh compound and uh you know i'm not gonna slow down that's the power of compounding and it it is addicting right you see that you're like holy cow i'm at you know 150 now almost at 200,000. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so if you take yourself back to 18 year old, you, uh, when you open up that Robinhood account, was there things that you thought about investing? Um, you know, like misconception or ideas yeah. you had about investing then that now you've kind of had to unlearn. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've actually rewomped my entire portfolio and maybe like three, I want to say two months ago, I sold everything and moved entirely into two ETFs and uh, just two Vanguard ETFs. Uh, so the the big misconception I had was, um, you know, I started looking at YouTube and, and I had a few videos about like dividends, right? Uh, and I think a lot of people start on a similar journey as like, you know, dividends and stuff like that. Um, and uh I've um, so as uh, when when I was eighteen and nineteen, I was really chasing uh, kind of dividends. Uh, I wasn't necessarily buying like high yields. I wasn't necessarily crazy at like you know going eight percent or ten percent yields. I was more like okay, like three to four percent yields and stuff like that, buying individual stocks. 
Uh, and one thing that I didn't realize is how it actually functions, right? Like it's not an interest. Like you don't get paid, you know, a 4% interest on that, you know, dividend yield uh, or, or, or in the div- uh, dividend, uh, but you really get, you know, a company is paying cash, right? So their market cap is uh, essentially like going down. And, and so then it, it, the stock price goes down basically by the same amount that the dividend is paying, right? So I didn't realize that at first. And so to me later on, as I start making more and more money, it's like, well, it's uh, somewhat slowly becoming uh, inefficient, even though it was like a qualified dividend and stuff like that. Um, you know, the, the yield is, um, uh, I, I need to start paying taxes on it, right? So it, it, you almost, um, at my age, right? Like it almost feels as though like, uh, selling um, that is not convenient uh, because I, I have to pay taxes on on all those uh, dividend yields. Um, and you know I have a CPA now and I'm starting to realize okay how do I you know make my situation more tax efficient now that I'm making like six figures you know and, and in the marginal bracket of about you know 22 to 25 it's like okay like um, you know I, I, I'm taking you know that more more serious and and start thinking about. Uh, those things but that's the big one right is like chasing dividends so i i wish i went more uh, at that age right aggressive into more uh, you know tech stocks or even with etfs um uh just going into you know vgt or qqq right like more more aggressive with you know technology simply because of my age right like i was 18 i can i can take the i can take that risk since i have you know 30 years of you know making money and stuff like that so so my story slightly or quickly is is uh, I got into penny stocks, thought penny stocks were going to be the reason that I was going to become rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost a couple hundred bucks uh, with that. And then I got into ETFs, but then I also started learning about dividend stocks and I kind of mm-hmm. got caught up in, in some of that too. It's enticing, right? Yeah, to hear, exactly. To see, you know, to see, oh my yeah. gosh, I can, you know, get 5% return, quote unquote, uh, or dividend mm-hmm. yield I should say, yeah. on, on my investment. But then you don't realize there's, you know, there's a time and a place for it. But- yeah. Uh, and and especially, right, because uh, it's like you're, you're getting that dividend and like your your income is higher, right? Like every year your income's probably increased like significantly, right? So you're you're paying more and more taxes versus like if you had a a one and a half percent dividend yield versus four percent dividend yield, right? Like that's almost three times more. And and so uh, that's that's another thing is like uh, you, you're, you're sacri- also sacrificing uh, a little bit of that, you know, growth component, right? And and uh, actually, you know, you can, during your retirement years, right, like you can really be strategic with uh, some of the, the tax stuff, right? Like uh, as long as you have like long-term capital gains and stuff like that and you're married, right? Like there's up to, you know, $100,000 with like standard deduction. Now, obviously that can change in the future, uh, but you can, you can pretty much withdraw some of that money like tax-free. And I know that there is a whole component of, of timing and what if, you know, the, the market is down. But like you can really get like strategic with like some of that stuff during, you know, your uh, when you want to start like withdrawing the money, which which kind of is a little bit, you know, difficult to do with like dividends and stuff like that. And, and you're obviously sacrificing a little bit of that growth component. So that's just some interesting ideas. Uh, so speaking of accounting and, and your career path, and, and you talk a lot on Twitter or mm-hmm. X uh, about your um, income growth per year, yeah, right, and how you've you've 
you know, really uh-huh. grown your income to six figures at a, at a young age, uh, in your earlier mid twenties. Um, how vital do you think that is for people to focus on like the in, increasing of the income? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's like the number one thing you should really be thinking at all times. Uh, it's, it's the most important, like I started making 62,000 out of college. Uh, so, which is still a, a pretty good salary, right? Considering, but, um, with, with job hopping and, and getting my CPA and, and, and just making some strategic moves, uh, I increased it to now like 115, um, just salary speaking. So like almost two acts in, in, in just about two years. Um, uh, and so like, that's, the number one thing because there is a finite a finite amount you can really cut right uh, from from your budget um you you know you, you're not really want sacrificing the the food quality or you know the house you're you're living in or um you know the apartment like you're renting in in a good neighborhood right like there is so much you can cut really you know obviously for for people understanding like the value of money and stuff like that and and knowing the impact investing can do right i'm not talking about like luxuries and vacations and stuff like that like obviously you can cut a lot more there but um you know i increased by 60,000 my my income right like how can like it was it's not even feasible to cut your expenses by the same amount right and another thing is like you know there is really a cap uh, with the with the income it can be as much as you want with you know the businesses and stuff like that obviously there is a cap if you're you know w2 but i was a w2 and i, I still am and and there is still strategic movements you can do and um getting like different uh, licenses uh, certifications like that that's huge you don't even need a four-year degree. Like there is things you can do nowadays with online world. I, I've heard so many people taking different boot camps and, and getting a hundred thousand jo- jobs. Obviously, they're they're a little bit rare now, but due to you know the the whole economy in the tech market, but it's still feasible. And I think a lot of people should be focusing on that. Like it's not sustainable for you to be making fifteen dollars an hour or twenty dollars an hour. Um, like I understand that like a lot of people need to support a family and, and stuff like that, but I really think. That if you're focusing on on their income uh, like that's literally the number one reason and I, and i see so many people that are like i have been employed by the same company for you know five years and i increased two percent like I, uh, my salary increased by two percent every year and it's like it's barely beating inflation if uh, i mean in 2020 and 2021 like it's not even and so a lot of people need to start thinking about like job hopping they get emotionally attached to their to their current job and, and they're not willing to shop around like i've been at my role for eight months almost and i'm still like getting invites from from people like oh hey do you want to apply and and stuff like that so i always look around on linkedin or, or indeed like okay are there any other opportunities like do, do people too many people think about oh how is that gonna look on my resume or how, how is job hopping gonna gonna look on me like ultimately like you have to prioritize what, what you care about and as long as you're providing good value to the business like that's what ultimately comes down to it's like just a business transaction right so if you increase your value by getting these certifications if you increase your knowledge you're providing significantly more value and and no one was really questioning my like why did i was job having like i was one year at this company and then like six months at the next one like no one really was uh, was questioning it because i also had a good story of why i'm pursuing something um, so I think a lot of more people need to start really thinking about the income component a lot more than than anything else. Yeah. And if, let's say someone does focus on that income component um, and they, you know, 
let's say they, they have a similar path to you where they're making 60,000 their first job. And then in a couple of years, they're making six figures or more. Mm-hmm. Um, for most people, if they did that, their expenses would inflate to that new income, right? They're yeah. 60,000. And then in two years, they're making, let's say 110. And now their expenses are, are, you know, almost two X two. So it's like, they're in the same spot in terms of you know, yeah. what's left over at the end of the month. How did you handle with like fighting, quote unquote, fighting um, mm-hmm. lifestyle inflation? Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, again, right, like being an immigrant, I think has that advantage. Like it, it shaped my mindset uh, immensely. And uh, for me, I, I still drive the same car. You know, I split the same apartment with my fiance. Um, like we're, my expenses are basically the same, even though I'm making 2x uh, the amount is for me because I'm realizing that like every single dollar that I invest right now is like worth so much. And so every bonus I get, um, you know, I, I get also like equity through my company because um, uh, it's a publicly traded company. So like everything is just like, compounding at like a significant uh, rate. And so I realizing, okay, the more I invest right now, like I'm going to be yielding these fruits for an extra like 20, 30 years. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm young and stuff like that. So I, I'm not sacrificing any like uh, experiences uh, or, or anything like that. Like we're, uh, my fiance is also an immigrant. Uh, so it, it helps being with someone like that is we, we're both like, okay, like we need to do these things and uh, we're going to have like a wedding and a honeymoon moon like so we're still spending money on like experiences and stuff like that but really for me it's like uh, i'm still driving the same you know 2006 car like i'm, I'm still doing the same the same things just because I, i'm realizing okay like my money can really go far right now um uh, like i don't i don't need to impress anyone uh, that that's the big thing right like so many people are focusing on oh i need to impress my neighbor or, or i need to impress my friends a lot of my friends are also immigrants and so a lot of them are in the same boat that like we, we don't really like uh, want to like show off or anything like that like we really all like understand like kind of the value of it uh, and the value of money even though i know that might not necessarily be the case for for some other immigrants because i know a lot of them want to like show off and stuff like that but i don't really have any my circle is not like that right so everyone is more focused on like you know building wealth and just like investing and, and knowing that like your money can go a long way i think it's important to have a group of people around you that have similar values because that helps you keep on track right oh yeah people for sure want, like if, if you're there's that saying right you are the sum of your five closest friends and, mm-hmm. and i believe it because if, if your five closest friends want to spend you know their money to um you know show off to other people yeah what are you what are you probably going to do You're yeah probably exactly you know, spending your money to, to show off yeah or if your friends are people that are you know hey i understand the value of money and and i want to enjoy experiences but i also want to be smart for my future you will probably do the same yeah and i mean not even five right like your significant other right like if you you're you're spending a lot of time with them right so it's like if they have the habits of like spending the money and just like doing that and you're a big saver, like your future is probably not going to work out with that person or you will need to have some hard conversations. So even one person next to you, right, like it, it already shapes your entire way of like how you look at it. And and, and you're going to have a lot of battles because because of like how you look at money. And so it's really like even the the one person can really have like a big impact. What do you think, speaking of like different types of people, what do you think separates a good person with money and someone that's not good with money? One is like showing off. 
uh, I think th that's really a, a big one. Uh, a lot of people, when they start making money, uh, they, they start inflating their lifestyle, right? Uh, and uh, the reason they do that is because of uh, of really their friends. Uh, if they if they move up in in a corporate world, if they get you know high paying jobs, their their friends typically going to be similar types of people, and so they see them driving you know BMWs. They see them having these like nice homes, right? Like they really start getting peer pressured. Or even if they're like you know wife or fiance or, or spouse, whoever like goes to their friends' houses now, and 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 these friends start you know complaining about like oh. Uh, you know, oh, you you guys still have like a Toyota or something like that, right? Like it, it happens really often, and I think that's the reason why people like start uh, inflating their uh, their their budget is because of like that peer pressure. Um, and then um, the second one is like really not realizing the the value of money, right? Uh, like they they think, oh, I'm just spending five dollars here, seven dollars there, ten dollars there. Uh, like it's not a big deal, right? Like I'm just in, enjoying life and stuff like that. And, and eating out every every night, right? Like one is like you're you're blowing your budget. Uh, you're spending so much money on, on on food, for example. But two is like the the quality of food nowadays is uh, extremely bad, especially at like um you know spots where you go eat out. Like it's uh, you know they use bad oils and stuff like that. So I really you know my fiance and I like we started cooking like um, I want to say like 90% of the meals at home because you can really control the ingredients. Um, but, uh, you know, they spend so much money like eating out and stuff like that and not caring about like every single dollar dollar spend. And uh, so uh, that's like another big thing. And then the third one is like when they have no money, they still um, try to do these things uh, with like their friends and, and go travel and stuff like that. Like if, if you have no money, like there is absolutely no reason you should you should be doing any you know expensive vacations or anything like that like if you're living on in the credit card debt like that especially like there is no reason you should be doing that um and um too many people do that they get in debt and then you know they're paying 25 percent interest uh credit card it's just it's just bad like you really there are so many activities that are uh you know, almost free, right? Uh, that that you can also enjoy with like your friends and stuff like that. So just really need need to evaluate like your circle and and the people you're spending you know with, and and just really try to protect yourself from that life, lifestyle inflation. Certain people are good with money, and certain people are bad, and those those decisions and choices compound. Yeah, you know, like they the, the doing it one time isn't going to hurt you, but doing it month after month after month after month is what really you know, will get at hindering you from building wealth. Yeah. And and too many people I think have a reasoning, oh, I just wanna enjoy my life. Like I don't I don't I don't know when I'm gonna, you know, when I'm gonna die or like when uh, you know when this is gonna happen or that. And like I think to an extent it's it's a valid reasoning. That's why like me and my fiance like we we're gonna be like doing some of these experiences, right? But at the same time, the you know how how long people live like consistently gone up due to you know uh the uh advancement in in, in technology and uh, technologies and uh, due to uh, you know advancement in, uh, in other aspects of life and uh, and just like the availability of, of different things on the market is like okay well if people are are living longer like just mathematically and and probably speaking like you're probably gonna live until 
X amount of years, right? Like, so is that thinking really valuable? And I think you can find really a middle ground between, okay, you know, if I'm hitting all my goals, right? Like if I'm, okay, let's say, you know, I'm maxing out a, a 401k and, and doing a Roth IRA, right? Like those two things I think can can get you like very far uh, and, and be very comfortable in like your retirement. Like you don't even need probably do anything aside from those two. And like you will you will be comfortable. Like I'm okay with you spending money on, um, on like these experiences and going, you know, traveling and even buying like cars and stuff like that. Um, but if you're, if you're not hitting any of your goals and like, that's what you do first, like it, it doesn't make sense to do it. To round out this interview, I have two questions for you. Uh, we'll start with the first one. And this is not in a, uh, braggadocious, you know, setting, mm-hmm. but, uh, just, you know, reflecting on your journey, uh, since you've been 18 in your investing journey, what are you most proud of of your accomplishments? I'm I'm proud to like be working for for a great company right now. Um, so uh, like that's one thing is I've consistently invested uh, in my education. Uh, so I I actually went to a community college for two years to save money. Uh, I transferred to university, um, got a, a four year degree. I got I got a CPA, and uh, and I'm really proud of like being able to uh, work for uh, a good company where uh, you know they pay good and stuff like that. So I'm really proud of how far I've come like professionally. Um, working for a Fortune 200 company, um, you know, having having great benefits, uh, but uh, you know, I understand that it's just the beginning. So I'm really proud of, of how far I've come professionally, but this is just the beginning. I mean, at, at mid 20s and where you've already done in the last couple of years, uh, I'm excited to watch what you do because it's uh, it's very inspiring inspiring for myself but also for other people um and that's why um that flows into the last question is is why you have built a um following on social media specifically x let's say that elon musk says okay everyone you have one more post left that's it you only get one more post um and this post is going to be up on your account forever Um, Mm -hmm. what would be your post as it pertains to money like what would be your parting words for uh, money on x yeah i think it will go along the lines of uh, there is no reason why uh someone should be broke like uh, it, it will be as simple as that uh, simply because like there's so many resources uh, available to us. There's so much education that wasn't available nowadays. The investing has become the easiest it's ever been. You have zero fees. Your account maintenance fees are zero. There's So there's no reason why anyone in America or even other countries um, like should be broke. Like There are so many opportunities available. There's so many things out there. It's just people are lazy, to be honest with you. And, and they don't really care about just learning. And uh, so that's big thing is the earlier you learn about personal finance, the better you're going to be. And uh, that education stays with you forever, right? Like you use money consistently every single day um, and uh, you should really learn about it. And so there is no reason why should anyone be broke? Like I came to this country when I was 15 with my parents and I, I had zero dollars in my bank account. I didn't, I was barely speaking English. Like there were people making fun of my accent and stuff like that. And, and, uh, uh, you know, it's like, and I've overcome it and I've made some good choices and I was able to do it. Like there is no reason why anyone else shouldn't be able to do it as well. And that's why I like your story. Uh, you, you show that, you know, it is possible for anyone to, to 
achieve what they want. It's not easy. Probably it's probably hasn't been easy, um, but it's possible. And that's, uh, that's what people need to know. Where can people, if they listen to this episode and they're like, all right, I like what he has to say. I want to follow him. I want to continue to, to learn from him. Where can people find you and how can they follow you? Yeah. So, um, I've actually recently launched, uh, the crunch.co. Uh, so it kind of uh, relates to the money cruncher, but I recently launched a, a personal finance newsletter, uh, with, uh, the goal of sharing, uh, my story with sharing exactly what I'm doing, uh, with sharing the research, uh, sharing, um, you know, interviews with other people, um, who've come far, uh, in personal finance journey. Uh, so it's like a weekly newsletter. It's free, free to subscribe. So that's where I'm going to be putting the highest quality value. Uh, so uh, it's the crunch.co. Uh, but then obviously on, on X, uh, money underscore cruncher, um, still, still going to be posting everything there as well. And um, yeah, feel free to, to shoot me a question or feel free to, to connect with me. Um, feel free. Uh, I can you know share the story in more details or whatnot or, or give advice as much as I can. Um, and uh, we're all in this together, right? Like, this is not um, me winning. Uh, like, we all can do the same. We all can win. And we can all help each other um, to achieve new heights. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on to the show, sharing your story, sharing some tips. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. Uh, it's been a great conversation. And the pleasure is all mine. Well, there you have it. That is the episode. Thank you all for listening. My name is Colin, also known as The Decade Investor, and I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.